make a great transition to a great message here. Um, I'll, I'll talk, some of you are noticing um, that I've shaved part of my face. There's a reason for that. A baby has come, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, um, Brent's going to speak today, you know, because I was anticipating this week being a little crazy with babies, so I asked him to speak. So would you just give it up for Brent as he comes and shares about being maxed out? Morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Christmas is coming. That's awesome. Santa's on his way. It's cool. One week. I remember when I was a kid, like I always wanted, like, I circled everything in the Sears catalog. I don't even know if they give those out anymore. Everything on every page. And now I think I asked for like two books and like gas cards. So it's like, where's the excitement gone? But it's cool. But I'm pretty excited about it. But um, if this is your first time with us this morning, happy you're here. Um, like Pastor Troy said, I'm Brent. I'm our student pastor here. And really honored to be able to spend some time with you guys this morning. And we're continuing our, our series that we're calling Max Out. Now, just like I said, it's the holiday season. So who on here loves holiday season? Thanksgiving, Christmas, a few of us. Who on here is like, I can't wait till it's over because I'm so stressed out. Having to shop everywhere, even though my shopping's easy. I do it on Amazon and it ships straight to Tennessee. So I don't even have to worry about anything. It's amazing. So, But what we're doing is um, we've noticed, and I'm sure you have as well, over the years... The holidays can be full of stress, and we can be burnt out easily because of all the chaos, everything that's going on, and we can get maxed out pretty quickly. Um, and over the past few weeks, we've been taking a look at the book of Philippians, and we're trying to unru- really unwrap this whole thought of how we might find a joyful balance in the midst of the holiday season. Now, I think every one of us in here would say at some point during the holidays, we feel maxed out, we feel stressed out, and the Bible actually has an answer to our dilemma and our situation And it says it right here that our answer to our problem of being maxed out and stressed out, it's found in one thing, and we've said it over the past few weeks, it's found in a life-giving relationship with Christ. In in, uh, uh, the book of Nehemiah uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, it says that the joy of the Lord is your strength, meaning Christ has what we need when we are feeling maxed out and stressed out, and it's one thing called the joy of the Lord. So what is being maxed out, all right? There's other terms. There's feeling burnt out, worn out, stressed out, freaked out, always tired, always busy, always running around. And it's those times in life where you guys might know what I'm talking about, like something's going on because you're so stressed out and so maxed out, and you wish you could call time out, take a step back and just relax, so you could like freeze time, you know what I'm talking about? Who on here wishes like you could just freeze time at, at, at some point? I, you know, I've talked about playing soccer before in, in high school, and this was during a club season. And our club team was really good, too, all right? I know I've told a soccer story before about me getting knocked out and running around, and that was funny. This is from a different perspective, all right? So we're talking about being maxed out and having those times in life where you just want to step back, call a timeout, freeze time. We were beating this team like 7 or 8 to 0. It was in the second half, and I had had like maybe two or three shots on me as the goalie. So it's like, which is kind of boring because the whole time you're like, I just want some action. Somebody just let him through so I can touch the ball. But this other goalie we were playing against, right, he had like seven or eight goals scored on him. And I know if I had seven or eight goals scored on me in the game, I'd be frustrated and stressed out and maxed out. And I'd just be like, get me out of here. This is embarrassing. You know what I'm talking about. So after probably the seventh or eighth goal, we score. And this is what had happened, all right. I'm standing in my goalie box. I'm about 110 yards away from the other guy. And you, you, like, you can see the look on his face. He is frustrated and stressed out and maxed out. And he has this, like, look in his eyes, like, I have to get this out of me. And 
it was like slow motion, right? The guy gets scored on, he gets up, and he's like walking around. You can tell he's frustrated. And he makes eye contact with the post, all right? And I can see what he's thinking. He's thinking, I'm going to kick this thing. And I'm like thinking, dude, don't do this. You have no idea what's going to happen. It was like slow motion. He walks over, and sure enough, he puts his leg back and just swings. Some of you guys can probably guess what happened next. Immediately, he was like, that was a stupid decision because he falls down on the ground screaming, and I can hear it clearly from the other side of the field. And I think it was in that moment where this guy was like thinking, at least I know I would be thinking, wow, if I could just freeze time right now, that was a stupid decision, call a timeout, freeze time, I can crawl all the way home, no one's going to know I'm even here. The guy broke his ankle. He was on the ground for like 15 minutes, I'm like, dude. Even if I got scored on that many times, I wouldn't kick a post. I'd probably just kick the air. You know what I'm talking about? But that was a time when that guy just wanted to call timeout because he was maxed out, stressed out, embarrassed, and he wanted to freeze time. And I think some of us, we may have not kicked a goal post and broken a foot, but we've had times in life where we just want to get away. You guys know what I'm talking about. And that's really what we're hitting with this whole being maxed out during the holidays is because we're stressed out. We're on edge, and sometimes we don't know how to handle that situation when we get in it. So what things cause us to be maxed out, right? Because it, it, it's, it's not like we just wake up one day and we're just maxed out because it has happened randomly. There's things that lead to things within our life with the choices we make and with things we experience. So there's certain things that lead us to being maxed out. And we're just going to go over a few here. And we've kind of said them over the past few weeks. But one of them is this. It's our pace is unrealistic, especially during the holiday season. That we overcommit ourselves with uh, parties we're going to, people we're trying to connect with, we're shopping way too much. We can't say no to people. We can't catch our breath. It's like we're always stressed out, and it's always wearing us down. And we forget that life is more of a journey and not just a sprint. And so much of just sprinting through life, and we have a long way to go, and it's a lot easier if you just step back, get the proper pace. But sometimes we have the wrong pace, and it's unrealistic, and that causes us to feel maxed out in life. Another thing is this. Sometimes we function outside of our role, meaning we try to do things in our life that we were never created to do, that so much of trying to play God and manipulate situations and really play with outcomes of, of situations that we can't control. We try to become everything to everyone else and live up to everyone else's expectations of us, and we can't. And that causes us to feel maxed out, and it's because we're trying to function outside of our role. Another thing that can lead us to being maxed out is this, that we, we operate with no reserves, meaning your gas tank is empty and we're still trying to run on empty, that we're, we're trying to give out more than we're taking in. And the reality is that sometimes in life we forget that we got to take care of ourselves personally. And if we don't, that's actually going to affect and impact not only ourselves, but it's going to affect and impact the people around us. And it's because sometimes we operate with no reserves and we keep going, going, and going, and we never take time to step back and refuel. Another thing is this. Sometimes we chase after the wrong stuff, that chasing after the wrong things can actually lead us to feeling maxed out and stressed out, and we think, if I just have this thing or that thing, that's going to fulfill me or complete me or satisfy me, and you learn pretty quickly that it's not, because that satisfaction or that fulfillment goes away pretty fast, and we give a lot of our energy and a lot of our focus to things that really don't matter, and sometimes we chase after the wrong stuff. I know I'm guilty of doing that. Maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes that leads me to being maxed out and on edge and really in that dilemma that none of us want to be in, especially during the holiday season. And when we're maxed out, there's some attitudes that can happen within us, like bad attitudes, like attitudes that you don't want to have, all right? And here's just a few, all right? There's this attitude of just survive, like just 
get through the day. Just let me get through this day, and then I'll take the day on tomorrow. Even though I'm not looking forward to it. I'm going to be stressed out. And it's like, I'm just going to survive. I'm surviving, but I'm, I'm, I'm not thriving. I'm breathing, but I'm not living. And, like, I'm, I'm here physically, but I'm not here mentally. Like, I may physically be here, but I'm off in a whole other world. I don't know if you guys can relate to that. But I'm just trying to survive. And that's an attitude that we can get from being maxed out. Another one is this. We attempt to escape, which is kind of like what we talked about. We're like, all right, time out. I have three timeouts in this life. I'm going to take one of them right now. I'm just going to step back. I'm going to freeze time. Just let me escape from this. All this family drama, all, the, all my crazy aunts, my crazy uncles, just let me go to my room, have some personal time, and celebrate Christmas by myself. You know what I'm talking about? Just like, just escape. That's an attitude that can happen from us being maxed out. Or one of them is this, and I think a lot of us can relate to this. You become irritated. And especially during the holiday season, because all this stuff is going on, and when we're irritated, especially those that are closest to us, usually the ones that we're most negative toward and that irritate us the most, because all our family members have these weird habits that annoy us, things that get on our nerves, you guys and it's just one of those attitudes that we have, we become irritated with everyone, especially those that are closest to us during the holidays from being maxed out. And the reality is that we're experiencing those attitudes, and it's affecting how we're treating other people because we aren't taking care of ourselves, because we're maxed out, we're stressed out, and people are seeing the fruit of that within our lives. So each week, all right, we have looked at how we can find joy in the midst of being maxed out. Because this thing's called joy over here, right? And there's this thing called happiness over here. And from a distance, joy and happiness look exactly the same. But when you get close, you realize they're completely different. That happiness is based off, off what happens around me. And joy is based off what happens within you. So we can actually make happiness happen ourselves on our own by what happens around us, by buying things, by going places, by seeing people. But this whole joy thing is something that we can't create on, on our own. The Bible talks about how joy is created from our relationship with Christ. And what we're trying to have during the holidays, it's not more happiness. I think we have happiness during the holidays. It's we have a lack of joy in the midst of being maxed out. And for many of us in here today, if we're honest with ourselves, I believe that many of us are maxed out when it comes to becoming like Christ. Like even that thought of becoming like Christ and like my character and my attitude and my heart being molded and shaped into who Christ is, that's such an overwhelming thought because we look at our lives and we see this huge gap between where we are and who Christ is and where we want to be and where God's calling us to. And there's just that whole thought of becoming like Christ, it makes us feel maxed out and it makes us feel overwhelmed. But this thought of how can we maintain our joy in the process of becoming like Christ I believe it's something very personal and very relevant to a lot of us in here. And maybe you're here this morning, you're like, I'm just still just kind of checking this God thing out, and I'm not really sure if I want to become like Christ. I don't even know if I believe in Christ or what that even means. And it's all right, because we're all somewhere along the journey. But I think a lot of us in here do have that thing within us that just wants to be better and be a better person and love people better and be more compassionate and make right decisions. I think that's something a lot of us can relate to. So this whole, this whole thought of becoming like Christ, right? The, the biggest goal of a follower of Christ is to become like Christ, all right? And like you hear the term becoming like Christ, and that can sound cliche. And you're like, I don't know what that means. But it's this whole of my character is going to be the character of Christ. And my actions are going to be the actions of Christ. And how I treat people, how I love people, my, my perspective on life is going to be what Christ had. And as you read the Bible, you begin to see all these characteristics that, that Christ had on how he, he treated people and how he responded to people and his perspective and his attitude. And that's what becoming like Christ is. And our thought this morning is how can we have joy in the midst of that process, which for 
Some of us, which we may not understand, and I know I, I still battle with this, I forget the journey of me becoming like Christ is a long, 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 you got to say it with me, long process. Like, I have this thought of, all right, I'm going to snap my fingers. I'm going to know everything about the Bible. I'm going to know everything that God's calling me to do. I'm going to love everyone, forgive everyone, make all the right choices, have the right attitude. And God's like, that's not how this works. Like, becoming like me, it's a, it's a process. Like, I've heard Pastor Troy say to me before many times, it takes 10 years to make a man of God. Because God works through a process of becoming like Christ. So it's not just one magic moment. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm perfect, and I never make bad decisions, and I don't react in the wrong way. That It's this long process of what becoming like Christ is. And our thought this morning is, how can we have joy in the midst of that long, and longer than we want to sometimes, process of becoming like Christ? But here is our problem, all right? I think a lot of us, myself included, we have this wrong perspective on what becoming like Christ is. Just like I said, we think it's just like just within one year of me coming to church and me giving my life to God and God becoming part of my life, every, every struggle I have, every weakness I have is going to be taken care of, which it absolutely could be. God can do so much within your life during one year. But sometimes we have this unhealthy perspective on what becoming like Christ is and Christ says, hey, it's, it's a process of, of becoming like me. But because we have this unhealthy perspective of sometimes it's going to take 10 years, 15 years, actually the rest, of our, like the rest of your life to be made into who Christ is and your character and your choices and your attitudes. Because we think it's a short process, we get maxed out when we realize, wow, I am far, far from where God is calling me to. I don't know if you guys have experienced that. But when we don't have the healthy perspective, our joy in becoming like Christ is almost removed from underneath us. Because every time we fall and mess up, we beat ourselves up because we're like, man, God must just hate me right now because I'm not becoming like him. And, and from God's perspective, he's like, hey, this is a process. And I want you to have joy during it. So what we need this morning is a healthy perspective of what this process of becoming like Christ actually looks like in our life on a daily basis. And the question is, how can we maintain our joy in the long and often longer than we want to process of becoming like Christ? So the goal here this morning is, if we're looking this way at an unhealthy perspective on what it means to become like Christ, all right, you know, with our choices, our attitudes, how we treat people, all those things, our goal is to move over here to have this healthy perspective of what the process actually looks like, what it feels like, what we experience, really the truth of what it means to become like Christ. We need to understand some things, all right, if we want to understand how we can have joy in the midst of being maxed out. So we're just going to run through a few points here this morning. And the first is this, all right, if, if we have to change our perspective and understand some things about what it really means to have joy in the midst of becoming like Christ throughout that process, the first is this, you have to understand the process is in constant motion. Understand the process is in constant motion, meaning there's never a time where it's not in motion, right? If it's in constant motion, that means it's always going on. Right now, God is using, you, you, like, this moment within your life, these seconds here during a, a church service to mold and shape you and help you become like Christ. This process, we've got to understand, all right, it's in constant motion. The, it's not a one-time event. Like I said earlier, like, like one day, you just snap your fingers and you're spiritually mature and you're perfect and you don't do stupid things. That's not it. 
this is a process that's in constant motion. I think we got to understand that. In Philippians 3, this is what Paul says. Now, we talked about Paul over the past few weeks. Paul was, uh, he was called an apostle, which means he just was following God back then. And this whole New Testament, which is the second half of your Bible, all right, he wrote two-thirds of that, all right? And this book called Philippians is actually a letter that he wrote to this church in a city called Philippi to some people who were actually experiencing being maxed out, stressed out, on edge. And this was Paul's wisdom and advice from God to them about what they needed to do for their dilemma. So it's actually speaking to us this morning as well. So we've got to understand this process is in constant motion. And look at what Paul says here in Philippians 3. He says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who so wondrously reached out for me. So what Paul is referring to here is this process of becoming like Christ. What he's saying is, hey, I am not perfect. This is Paul, like the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's saying, hey, like, if you think I have this all together and all this figured out and I'm perfect and I'm perfectly spiritually mature and I've reached it and I've achieved it, like, no. Like, I'm still trying to figure this out day by day as well. That's, that's what he's saying here. And he goes on to say, he says, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, which is, which is what he just says. I don't have this all figured out either, guys. I'm still learning. I'm far from being an expert. But he says, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. He, say, he, he says, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Which, what Paul was saying here, right, is this process of becoming like Christ. I think all of us want to become like Christ. And even if we're not following God and God's not a part of our life, I think all of us want to become better people. Because no one wants to wake up in the morning and be like, I just want to go and just see how much I can ruin everyone else's day to day. Even though we have people in, in our lives that we think are trying to do that. You guys know what I'm talking about? But it's just not true. That what Paul was saying here is we have to understand that in this effort of becoming like Christ, that there's a process taking place. And for us, as followers of Christ, there's a part of the process that we have to put effort to. I don't know if, if you guys even caught it, but there's certain phrases that Paul uses here when he's saying, all right, I don't have this together. I don't have this figured out. I'm not perfectly mature. I'm on the same level as you. But he, he said things like this. He says, I'm reaching out for Christ. I have my eye on the goal. I'm off and running to show that he had and we have to understand our part in the process of becoming like Christ, of so this, this process that's in constant motion. And we can feel maxed out and lose our joy when we don't understand our part in the process because we don't understand what we were created to do and what God expects of us. And it's like we're shooting at a target blindly just hoping we can hit it and we feel helpless, stressed out, and maxed out. And we can begin to feel that God has given up on us or isn't a part of our life or doesn't love us because we can't sense him doing much within our life when the truth is we don't understand our part within the process of becoming like Christ. That we can maintain our joy and steer clear of being maxed out by understanding, of course, that the process is in constant motion. But more importantly, it's understanding our part within the process, like the things that God is asking us to do. And practically speaking, there are, there are many opportunities throughout our, our day with the people that we interact with, with the thoughts that we choose to dwell upon, with, with how we react to people and the personal choices that we make that God actually wants to use to mold and shape your life and your attitude, and your character, and your heart into who Christ is, into who Christ created you to be. That we can choose to worry about that thing and continue to let it eat away at our heart, eat away at our mind. Or we can, we can get on our knees and say, God, I don't even know what it means to trust you, what it looks like to trust you, but I know I need to trust you with this. And there's an opportunity for growth of becoming like Christ because that's part of the process.
we can choose to neglect getting in a life group and not getting connected into the relationships that we need in our life because God never intended us to do life on our own. We can continue to neglect that or we can hop in, the, in the, that process and say, God, all right, I'm going to sign up for a life group because I know I, I need help and I need relationships within my life. That's part of the process being in constant motion. And that's us doing our part. That It's us saying, I have my eye on the prize. I'm reaching out to Christ. I'm, I'm off and running. And understanding my part of this process of becoming like Christ. That we can choose to be patient with that relationship and let it grow maturity in us. Or we can just run wild and go down a path that we know is dangerous and it's probably going to lead to destruction. It's understanding our part of the process and how God, through the smallest ways during our day, with our interactions, with our thoughts, with things we experience, God's using those things as part of this process of what it means to become like Christ. And I think first we have to understand that if we want to have joy in the midst of this long, hard process of becoming like Christ, we have to understand that this process is in constant motion. And we have to ask ourselves this morning, and I'm asking myself this as well, is am I doing my part in the process? Of becoming like Christ. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. We have to understand the process can be messy. Who likes messes? Nobody likes messes. It's true. But we got to understand that this process of becoming like Christ, it can be messy. Paul goes on to say in the following verse, he says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things, which is, he's just referring to what he just said of, I don't have everything together and no one should claim that they do. If they figured all this out and they say they have, then don't listen to them because that's impossible. He says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. And this is what he's saying here, all right? I want all of us who are spiritually mature to agree that we don't have it all together. And if there's anyone that says, I've achieved it, I've reached it, I'm perfect spiritually, I, I've, I've completely un- understood it, I've reached the climax of becoming like Christ, what the Bible says here is if you think that, that God will make it plain to you really quickly that you haven't or you aren't. God will make it plain to you that you still got junk, you still got messes, because the reality is, and I think as we've seen this past week, we live in a very, very broken world. And believe it or not, we are part of that brokenness. And that's why God's trying to fix us, because we're a part of that. Is anyone here a perfectionist? Anyone? There's a few of us out there. I think I am a little bit, all right? But... If we struggle with being perfectionist and you think about trying to be perfectionist spiritually, then this whole thought of understanding that the process can be messy is really hard for us to accept because we want to be perfect. And if this process is going to be messy, that means there's not going to be perfect stuff. And for perfectionists, it's like, wow, I can't handle that. That's hard for me to accept. But sometimes we can be perfectionist spiritually and we can beat ourselves up pretty quickly when, it, we, when we realize how fall we short from God's expectations. Even though the Bible says, hey, we all fall short of God's glory. Meaning God's calling us here, we fall short. But God's helping us within that process. And us realizing we're not good enough and having that mindset, it can make us want to give up on God or walk away from God because we feel like we're never going to be good enough. Because we are aiming for a target that's impossible to hit. And it's a target called perfection. But I think that's something that we just have to struggle with. And for me, I know I, I still find myself on a weekly basis, and just being transparent here, probably on a daily basis too, where I get frustrated and upset and angry over things I don't need to be getting frustrated and upset about, like stupid things that don't even matter. You know what I'm talking about. Like I, I worry about things that I don't need to worry about. And the question is, like, does that make me a bad person? 
because I, I still worry about things. I get upset and frustrated over things that I know I don't need to. Does that make me a bad person? Like, should I just be like, you know what? I'm going to walk away from God. I'm going to give up on God because I can't be perfect. And that means there's no hope for me because I'm never going to be good enough. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It means I'm a broken person who God desperately needs to fix. And the part of the process of becoming like Christ is realizing there's going to be messes within my life, but God is there trying to fix them and make them right. That with me, with, with my journey with God, and maybe this is you this morning too, where like, I feel like I take two steps forward and then a step back. And then I'm like, I have a really good day, and I'm like seven steps forward. And then it's like, oh, I messed up, and I'm five steps back. And it's like this constant of like, oh, why can't I just keep going? And it's because we're broken. And this process is messy. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul wrote this too. He says this, speaking of God, he says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Now, this doesn't mean that we can use this as an excuse to sin and continue to sin and then ask for forgiveness even though we, we don't mean it, we don't really want it. If, if we know we're sinning and we know it's wrong and we keep doing it, I think there's something wrong with that. But if we think we can, that we can keep running wild and asking God for forgiveness, even when we don't mean it, I think we've totally missed the point of Christ and why he came. So when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness, it doesn't mean we can just have a license to sin. God's saying, hey, I'm here to help you and fix you in your brokenness. And it's having a heart that's available, saying, God, I'm broken. God, I'm messy. God, I need help. God, come and fix me. And we can become maxed out if we, aren't, if we are expecting perfection from us because our joy will be removed from us every time we fall too short. But we got to understand the process is messy, but God's grace is there to pick us up and help us along the way. The third thing is this, and, I, and, and trying to get this idea of how can I have joy in the midst of the long process of becoming like Christ? Because God's calling me here, but I, I'm here, and I want to be here, but it seems like it's taking forever. We have to understand this. It's understand the process can feel stagnant. In Philippians 3, Paul says, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. So Paul was writing to this church in Philippi, right? And he saw the dilemma and the situation that they were in. And he was pretty much saying this. He says, you know what, guys, there's going to be times where you're going to feel stagnant and you're going to feel stuck when it comes to becoming like Christ in your relationship with God. But you got to hang in there. And I don't know about you guys, but you think about things that grow, all right? There's trees, there's, there's plants, there's all this stuff. And I, I thought of hair can grow at a really slow pace and grass grows at a really slow pace, all right? But it's like... You think about it being stagnant. Like if you were to stare at your lawn when you got home, I wouldn't recommend doing this because your neighbors would be like, what is that person doing? They're just staring at their grass. But you look closely, or you can do it with your hair, whatever. It's your choice. There's a process going on with your hair and your grass, and it's actually growing even though you can't see it. You can look really closely, but you can't see it growing because there's stuff going on underneath the surface. But all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got to give $20 for a haircut. Someone just buy me a, like, a hair clipper, I'll cut my own hair, I need $20. Or you have to mow your lawn again before you know it because that grass was growing the whole time, but it looks stagnant to you. And for us spiritually, that is what can happen a lot of times when we don't understand and comprehend that God's actually doing something and doing stuff within our lives, but it looks and feels stagnant. And the process of becoming like Christ can feel stagnant at times, but sometimes we can bring the stagnant times on ourselves, all right? 
I'm just here to be honest with us this morning that sometimes, maybe some of us in here this morning, the reality is we are in a stagnant place in becoming like Christ because the reality is we're digging our own hole, meaning we're doing things we don't need to be doing. We're hanging out with people we know are destroying our character and destroying our heart and really blocking us from becoming who God has created us to be. And the questions that we need to ask when we're feeling stagnant and becoming like Christ are questions like this is, are there any known sins within my life that I'm not taking care of? Are there sins that I know I need to be talking to someone about and struggles I'm having that I need to be talking to someone about? Or am I just keeping them pent up inside? Are there certain parts of my life that I'm just not obeying God with because I'm digging my own hole? And maybe you're here this morning and you feel stagnant. And maybe that's the reason. Because you're digging your own hole, guys. And I've, I've been there. And there's times where I'm still digging a hole and I just got to put the shovel down and be like, you know what, I, I don't need to be doing this. But there are also times when these stagnant times just happen in our relationship with God. Because following God, stagnant times happen. It's just part of following God. There are seasons where it's like, God, what are you doing? I've, I don't even know if you're there. I can't even feel you. I'm frustrated right now. It's just part of following God. But during these times, you can look at your life and say, all right, am I closer to Christ and more like Christ than I was this time last year? And I can promise you, if you look closely at your life, you're going to see things within your life that have grown just like we talked about, it may have looked stagnant, but God was growing you the whole time. Or maybe you're here and you look at your life at the past year and you're like, I feel further away from God than I was last year. Thanks for the encouragement. It's like, I don't want that to discourage you because all of us are somewhere along the journey. And God has things you can start doing this morning to begin to take that journey and take that step and enter into that process. But sometimes this process can feel stagnant. So how can we maintain our joy despite feeling maxed out in this process. The first thing we have to understand, because we've got to change our perspective, right? We have to understand that this process, it's in constant motion, meaning every moment of every day, there's opportunity to hop into it and to do our part and understand that God's calling us to do effort. God's calling us to do the things to enter into the process. The second thing is we have to understand that it can be messy because God's dealing with a broken world and broken people, and we can't expect to be perfect because God I don't even think he made it possible for us to be perfect on, on this earth. As we're going to talk about here in a second, there is an end destination to this whole process of becoming like Christ. And that third thing is sometimes they can feel stagnant, but God's doing something. Or maybe we're digging our own hole. We have to figure out which place we might be in and understand there's steps that God, God's there beside the hole ready to help you out. But are we going to make that effort and reach out? And the last thing is this, which is the biggest one, is we have to understand that there is an... A, with this process, there's an end destination, meaning there's a goal, there's an end point. Someday, this journey is going to end, all right? In Philippians 3, Paul says this, because he's encouraging this church, and he's encouraging us this morning with the word of God. He says, our citizenship is in heaven, meaning your citizenship is not on this earth, meaning you were not created to be forever on this earth. We were created for a time, but it says our citizenship is in heaven, meaning believe it or not, maybe God actually created you for something greater. What if, like, what if God actually created you for something greater, something better, something more beautiful? It's this place called heaven, and Paul says your citizenship is in heaven. There's an end destination to this process of becoming like Christ. What if our home was really in heaven? What if things really won't be ever complete in us until we get there? What if our time on earth is nothing but a practice for the life we were really made for? And that's eternity with God. Our citizenship is in heaven. There's an end destination to this. What if the longing and the desire I have to be like Christ will be complete in me when I finally reach home in heaven? The worship team can go ahead and come up. 
in James 4, it says, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's what it says our life is like, a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Meaning, in scope of eternity, guys, what we have on this earth, you know, 60 to 80 years is nothing in comparison to the life that God has for us. And it says our citizenship is in heaven. But what if finding our way out of being maxed out is really found in a relationship with Christ? What if where we are and where we are going and where we've ended up are because we aren't connected to the thing we were created for? And we feel maxed out because we aren't connected to the source that brings us joy of the Lord. And that's in a relationship with Christ. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys just to close your eyes for me as we're going to wind this message down. But I think a lot of us in here can relate to this whole process of becoming like Christ. So there's things within our lives that we just feel are out of place. There's, there's attitudes we have that we know are wrong. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't feel like God is a part of your life. Like you feel the emptiness within your heart and your soul. Oh, there's something more. There's something I'm missing out on. And this whole process of becoming like Christ, it first begins with accepting Christ into your life, which is just saying, you know what, I realize I'm a sinner. I realize I, I, and I, I realize and understand that my sins separate me from God. And what Jesus did was he came and died upon a cross for you and for me and for us to make a way to become like him and to have eternity in heaven. And maybe this morning you're here and you're like, Brent, I don't even know if I can become like Christ because I haven't even accepted Christ in my life. I, like, I, I, I still don't know what, like, God wants to be a part of my life. Like, that's, and maybe you're here this morning and God is a part of your life, but you feel this, the, the struggle of wanting to become like Christ. And maybe one of those perspectives of understanding that the process is in constant motion or understanding that there's times where it's going to be messy but God's there to help us or maybe it's understanding there's going to be times where it's going to feel stagnant and stuck but God is doing something even in the desert seasons of my life or maybe it's understanding you know what my citizenship is in heaven I'm going to experience pain and trials and struggles on this earth but there's something greater that God has for me there's something greater I was created for my citizenship is in heaven and guys, this isn't something we need to play around with and mess around with. I, I, th I think we have seen that over this past week. We live in a fallen world and you're never guaranteed tomorrow that God has given us an opportunity of time to make things right with him. And God wants a relationship with you out of love. So if you're here this morning and you want to accept Christ within your life, I just want you to raise your hand for me so I can know to pray for you. And if you're here this morning and you feel like you just need a perspective change that God was speaking to you about understanding, I just want you to raise your hand for me as well. Lord, God, I... I thank you that we aren't alone in our life. We aren't alone in our struggles. We aren't alone in our weaknesses. That God, you have sent your son Jesus to die for us, to make a way. And I pray this morning, God, as we look at our lives, God, we look at the outcomes that we want, God, that we'll never forget that there's a process taking place that we may not see, we may not fully understand, but we know that you're there throughout every day 
throughout every second. And God, we ask for you just to come meet us here in these next few moments. 